Welcome back to DNA Sports. It's Dimitri and I here, and we are in person together recording this podcast. We're away, and today free agency open as it's Thursday. We've been rumbling the whole day about just different signings and rumors. You know what? Why don't now that we're together? Why don't we bring back the podcast and talk about the NBA a little bit? So it was an eventful day, which started with Jalen Brunson's four-year, $110 million contract with the Knicks. Then Malik Monk, P.J. Tucker to the Sixers, Bradley Beal's extension, DeAndre Jordan signs with the Nuggets, Victor Oladipo resigns with the Heat, Bobby Portis' big contract with the Bucks, Mo Bamba returns to the Magic, Tyus Jones returns to the Grizzlies, Joe Ingles joins Milwaukee, Wesley Johnson resigns as well as Javon Carter, which are two big backups. Um, Nick Batum resigns with the Clippers and Amir Kofi resigns, which who could be uh, a pivotal part of their uh, second unit next year. You have Chris Boucher who resigns, who I think is extremely underrated with the Raptors. Lou Dort gets his bag, five years, $87.5 million. Damian Jones from, I believe, the Wizards uh, joins the Lakers on a two-year deal. Thad Young resigns with the Raptors on a two-year, $16 million contract. Dwayne Dedman resigns with the Heat. Blake Griffin, Nicole Jokic, and Anferini Simons all got extensions. Uh, you mean Devin Booker? And Nicole Jokic. Yeah, and you said Blake Griffin. Oh, did I? Devin Booker, Nicole Jokic. I feel like Blake Griffin kind of looks similar to Devin Booker. I don't know why I said that, though. But uh, Daniel House signs with the Sixers as well as Trevlin Queen. Trevlin Queen was the... NBA G League MVP from last year. Marvin Bagley resigns with the Pistons on a big deal. Somebody who was arguing for minutes for a for a long time. Three years, $37 million. Uh, Patty Mills resigns with the Nets on a two-year $15 million contract. Jay Sean Tate resigns with the Rockets on a three-year $22 million contract. Devon Reed resigns with the Nuggets on a two-year deal. Isaiah Hartenstein, the only Jew in the NBA, which I, I feel really represented from him. Uh, signs with the New York Knicks on a two-year, $16 million contract. The big one. Now, many people aren't really talking about this, but I think his value is very, very high. Uh, Lonnie Walker signs a one-year, $6.5 million deal with the Lakers. I think he's going to be crucial. I think he's going to be a big part of the starting lineup. He's aggressive. He's a shooter. He can drive. He's about 6'6", six, six, uh, 210. I think he's going to do great. I think his potential is really high. Troy Brown also signs with the Lakers uh, on a minimum deal. Uh, Nick Claxton resigns with the Nets. Juan Toscano Anderson signs with the Lakers. JaVale McGee signs with the Mavericks. Gary Harris uh, signs with the Magic. Kevin Knox the second, who's the worst NBA player ever, signs a two-year deal with the Pistons. And finally, our breaking news, which Elias, you can talk about this one because you really like this one, um, is Kyle Anderson signing a two-year $18 million deal with the Timberwolves. And I want to hear what you have to say about that because you really like that deal. Well, they're taking away from the team that they were defeated to in the playoffs, the Grizzlies. But they had no true power forward next to Cat. And I wouldn't say, as they call him, slow-mo. is like a floor spacer. He's just a consistent player who can get some boards and just do his job. And I know they had Jared Vanderbilt, who's just a rebounding machine, who can get... I think at some point last season, he got like eight, 15 to 18 rebounds, like multiple games. And he's not much of a scorer, but slow-mo can get to the hole and do his thing. But to add another player, which I mean, I don't think they have much faith in McDaniels because clearly they're signing other guys to contend unless McDaniels can play the three. But I really like this. I honestly thought that they were going to sign Old Depot earlier in the day. But I realized that they have Beasley as their backup and they have three to four good guards who can 
play consistently. So I guess they need some depth at the four. So we're supposed to we're supposed to grade three uh, top signing free agents, but we'll let you, I'll let you grade this one because you really like this one. What would you grade this for the Timberwolves? I would grade it like a B plus, honestly. Okay, that's fair. Um, so now we're gonna get into the top three signings. Uh, Jalen Brunson, which is the big one. Now a lot of people are criticizing it because you know it's a lot of money, but we have to understand this, right? Is that a lot of money was like. A max contract was like $30 million five years ago, right? So we have to understand that the numbers are going up. You know, these guys are signing super max contracts at like $50 million a year, and this is about half of that. So you can imagine this is like $15 million five years ago. So look, it is a lot, but, but the salary cap is a lot right now. So I'm going to say right now that the Knicks really needed a scoring point guard. The Knicks haven't had a really good scoring point guard, honestly, since Raymond Felton. And you, and you could say what you want. You could say, oh, Raymond Felton was that good. But let me tell you something. When Raymond Felton first joined the Knicks in 2010 with Amari Sotomayor before the Carmelo Anthony trade, they were 30 and 11. They were the number one team with, with the Knicks. Um, and then they traded him away in the Carmelo Anthony deal, and they became the eighth seed that year. And they got swept by the Celtics. So I don't want to hear jack shit. Raymond Felton was great. Because honestly, you know, a lot of people hate on him, but, you know, he was a great player and he was just fat and slow, and that was his problem. So I'm giving Jalen Brunson signing uh, a B. I think this is, although it's a very low, I think he has something to prove because, you know, he was just big in the playoffs and, you know, he, you know, he does have a lot of proof, but he's very young and, you know, he's got a lot of potential. I think that there is a lot to be done with this team. I mean, I could, I could agree on uh, the rating of B because at first I would have said maybe C plus or B. Maybe, maybe I'll go with B plus. But once I saw Anthony Simons getting signed for four years, $100 million, I know that Brunson is better than Anthony Simons. So he does deserve more than $25 million a year based off of that deal. And he averaged 16.3 points per game last year behind um, Luka Doncic as their uh, second store, I would say. And honestly, he's going to be able, he's, he's going to need to up his assists. He averaged less than five. So if he can become more of a playmaker, I know D Rose is like a, he'll be a phenomenal backup next year. So I would say it was a big upgrade over Kemba Walker, maybe towards the end of the three year, three to four year deal. Uh, he, maybe he'll become expendable and we could trade him away. We'll see. But for now, I think it'll be, it's fine. Now, I will say that they're both very similar in age, Jalen Brunson, 25, and Freddie Simons, uh, 23. I think that this is one of those things for both teams is that they have the money and they have the expenditure where they can just go out and give these guys based on potential. Now, you know, I think the Knicks and I think the Trailblazers also understand it, right? They saw flashes of both of these guys being very good, and they're kind of going into the saying that, you know, we understand that this is a signing simply off potential. The Trailblazers had the money, they went for it, and the Knicks had the money and they went for it. So I think that um, Elias made a good point. So now the next one is Lonnie Walker, who I'm really, I'm really high on Lonnie Walker. I think he's a really good player. I think he has a lot of potential to be a great player. He, you know, it's hard to kind of compare him because, you know, for me, I, we don't, I don't really get to watch him a lot. But I, you know, from when I do, when I am able to see him, I think that you know he uh, brings a lot of qualities uh, that you know you don't see out of other guards. I'm gonna give this signing as an A. An A or an A plus because you know what six and a half million dollars is nothing and you know in my mind I thought teams were going to give him about fifteen million dollars a year so I would say that six and a half million for one year kind of a test um, you know when look looking at what the Lakers were doing Juan Toscano Anderson uh, Lonnie Walker Troy, Troy Brown. Brown these are three guys who are young 
they're kind of going away from these old guys. They realize that putting together the oldest of the old um, don't doesn't work. And we, we, we see that. And, you know, I watched a podcast the other day and they said, you know, listen, the whole league isn't LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant, and Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady doesn't play in the NBA. You know, these, you have to understand that we get spoiled off these guys because, you know, after 32, 33 years old, these guys really decline it. And we see it in Russell Westbrook. We see it in James Harden. We kind of see it in Steph Curry. And before you say anything, he you look at his three-point percentage, okay? He, he might be the best player of all time, but... Look at his three four percentage, and that explains everything. So I think this is an A or an A plus uh, for the Lakers in Lonnie yeah, Walker. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he was underpaid, but at the same time, I think it might be a good decision for him if he could start at the two next year, or maybe the three, and LeBron will play the one or three, whatever. Um, if he can start and have a, a solid year, they make it to the playoffs, make a little run. He'll get that back next year, so he'll probably get. $30 million on a two-year contract next year. I think he's just worried about improving his stock because whatever deals he got wasn't what he wanted. But I'm liking I agree with, I agree with Dimitri on this one on how many uh, young guys are getting because clearly Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan did not work out last year. And But I expect them to re-sign Carmelo Anthony, even though he's just a useless scoring machine. So Carmelo sucks. Uh, Dwight Howard will be back next year. Look, you can't compare Dwight Howard to DeAndre Jordan. De- uh, Dwight Howard makes moves on the court. DeAndre Jordan uh, doesn't do anything. Oh, they resigned him. Now, uh, Dwight Howard, no, not yet, but he's he, he stayed. He made a he made a statement a few months ago saying, uh, "I have something to prove," and he said, "Why would I leave?" Uh, and he said, "You know, I'm not retiring or leaving this team until." I do what I accomplish, and he obviously wants to win a second ring with the Lakers. Now, what I'll tell you about LeBron, the, 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 one of the best things I've ever heard about LeBron is the Lakers are successful when LeBron plays the one. When LeBron controls the ball, when Westbrook isn't the starting point guard, they do very, very well. And without injuries to Anthony Davis, the team does very well. They want a title. Um, and one of the one other greatest things I've ever heard about LeBron is somebody said, you know, he almost something that hurts his legacy a lot is when he doesn't when he passes too much. He's he's he should be more selfish, and you know I think that we need to see that more out of LeBron. Look, his assist numbers are great, but I think he needs to be more selfish. I need think he needs to get kind of back in that scores mindset, or better yet, kind of go into that phase. We've seen him adapt in the NBA. I think it's time to adapt to a more selfish mindset. Uh, but you know, without that, we need to continue. Uh, so let's get on to PJ Tucker. So PJ Tucker is just a versatile. Um, I don't know. I, I would. I don't even call him a big man, but he, he plays a big man role. He's six five. But as I was talking to Dimitri before, I found some statistics earlier, and um, in the playoffs, uh, big men centers, I should say, only play seventeen percent of the team's minutes, and in the regular season, is twenty percent. So they're down about eighteen percent in minutes, and that's because teams start to. Pl- Eight. 18%? You mean 18 minutes? You said 20% yeah. from 17%. That's 3%. Yeah, so, no, 3%. Yeah, but 18% of their own minutes. I'm talking about. About. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, they're down a, a tremendous amount of minutes. And that's because teams like the Heat, the Bucks in the past have used P.J. Tucker for a small ball. And now the Sixers, where they, they're not going to bench Embiid. They're using him as like a defensive monster. And I, I don't know why... They made the signing because they already had Thibault. Uh, maybe because P.J. Tucker is a better three-point shooter. But I personally think Thibault is a more athletic and 
unless they're trading him, which they may. I think it's a little bit of an overpay, so I rate this a B. Okay, well, I'll tell you something. You know, P.J. Tucker was somebody who was quiet for a lot of years, and then, you know, once he left Phoenix, uh, he made a lot He made a lot of noise with the Raptors, and then eventually he went to Houston. And what I'll tell you is that he is so crucial. Don't compare him to Matisse Thibel. Don't compare him, because you know something, Elias? Matisse Thibel is the guy who's guarding the point guards. P.J. Tucker is the guy who's guarding the centers. He's a stretch three through five. He can play three through five. He's somebody who's gonna who who's hustling down that court. He, he's he's kind of like Brooke Lopez and 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 you know what? Maybe having two Brooke Lopez on the court, one Milwaukee of that championship. But I'll tell you what, he's so crucial to a team. Um, and so I don't think it's fair to compare him to Matisse Thybulle. I think this is a great signing. Look, he's worth the money. He proves his point. You know, look, he was what the sixth, seventh guy in Milwaukee. Very crucial. I'm giving this a B plus or an A minus. I think that this was a great signing, regardless. I mean, maybe what separates him and Matisse Thybulle is their grit, and they're completely different players. They're completely different players. I trust PJ Tucker on offense, Matisse Thybulle not so much. He's more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I'm saying defensively, maybe he has more grit. But I would say, I would say skill skill wise, guarding the the wings, I would say Thybulle's better. But obviously, Tucker's better at guarding the five. Okay, so now. We have the new Kevin Durant trade saga. Kevin Durant requests a trade. Kyrie Irving picks up his player option, which was widely unexpected considering he uh, wants to be traded. But now what we're hearing is that Kyrie Irving did this so he can be more expendable in a trade. And we're hearing that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving want to continue playing with each other, just not in Brooklyn. So it's a, a disaster. However, uh, NBA on ESPN released a trade uh, from ESPN+. Plus. Uh, talking about some potential trades um, that, you know, work. They could send KD and Kyrie. Uh, one of them was a big uh, four-team trade, which the Nets get DeAndre Ayton in a sign-and-trade, assuming. Macal Bridges, Josh Richardson. Three first-round picks being in 2023, 5, and 7, respectively. The Suns would get Kevin Durant. The Lakers would get Kyrie Irving. And the Spurs would get Russell Westbrook, a 2027 pick, and a 2029 pick. Now, another trade was KD joined Zion in New Orleans. The Pelicans would get Kevin Durant. The Nets would get Ingram, Larry Nance, four first-round picks. Another one would be Durant joins two-time reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. Doesn't deserve either of them. The Nuggets get Kevin Durant and Derek Favors. The Nets get Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, three first-round picks. And the Thunder get Ben Simmons, although we're hearing that Ben Simmons will stay in Oklahoma City. Now, the last one... uh, The Nets. Oh, right. I said New York City, right? No, you said Oklahoma City. Oh, geez. So, um, the last one is Miami gives up half of its team for Durant. Uh, the Heat would get Kevin Durant. The Nets would get Bam, De'Aaron Fox, Max Struss, Gabe Vincent, Omer Yutsevin, a 2023 first and a 2028 first. And the Kings would get Ben Simmons. Now, my question here is, what team would do this? None of the, Now, look, ESPN, this was an L because none of those trades make any sense, but my thing is that, you know, you're trying to get rid of assets, but, you know, the teams that are, make, uh, that are part of these trades aren't really getting in return what they're getting. It seems as if, a, a, you know, a three- or four-way trade uh, wouldn't work in this scenario. I think that Kevin Durant likes being in small markets. I think he thrives on that. He likes being kind of the quiet guy. He is the quiet guy. You know, we, you know, even when he was in Golden State, when he was in Brooklyn, when he was Oklahoma City, he was always that quiet guy. So it's obvious that, you know, being in a small market isn't a problem. We've heard Philadelphia. We've heard Miami. You know, we've heard different things. I think that Philadelphia is a great pick for him. You know, um, the, the only thing is that they have to make it work. 
Uh, and Elias pointed out about, you know, James Harden. I don't know if a sign and trade with James Harden going back to Brooklyn would work. Seeing that, I think that they're kind of rebuilding. They're screwed. They've done this three times in the 21st century. You know, 2001, 2002, they did kind of the same thing where they put a bunch of guys together. It never worked. They did it with, you know, KG and Paul Pierce and it didn't work. And they did it again and they didn't work. It's a cursed franchise. My point being is that, you know, they have to find a place where the team can actually make a trade for Kevin Durant. Although Philly is a good place, I don't know if it would work. Miami seems like a good one. You know, building a team around Bam Adebayo, Ben Simmons, uh, and apparently now Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is the big one. Uh, could work. So I don't know where, but I'm going to tell you Brooklyn is is a disaster, and they have to find a place where Kevin Durant can go. I mean, for the most part, I agree with you. But the only thing where I would have to disagree is that um, I doubt we see Durant go anywhere with Philadelphia or the Lakers. And I know he likes to hang behind his uh, his buddies who are better than him, Embiid and LeBron and Curry. But I doubt that at this point in his career he's going to want to sit behind some uh, Embiid who's a big shot taker, LeBron who's a big shot taker, and... And, and uh, Jokic also, who takes a bunch of shots, and he plays some of the most minutes in the league. So I think he'd have to go somewhere where he could be the number one guy and have a good supporting cast around him, which I feel like maybe now that uh, Portland re-signed Anthony Simons for $25 million, maybe if they give uh, Grant and Anthony Simons, they could get something done. And to put this in perspective, the Nets do not have their uh, own... Rice the first round pick uh, until twenty twenty eight due to the fact that they have so many pick swaps with Houston and they gave up uh, half the other uh, first round picks, so to try and recoup two or one or two first round picks is not worth it for training uh, Kevin Durant. They're going to need at least three to four to get anything done. But I do like the Sun uh, the Suns pursuing it, even though I'm not sure how he'll be able to fit in your um, uh, Devin Booker because they're both ball dominant players. Yeah, you know, I think it's, 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 it is tricky. And so, I don't know. You know, we've heard of also the Celtics rumors. I don't know. In the same token, I don't know how Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. They're so similar. They are so similar. It's incredible. Now, I think Jason Tatum is a little more trigger-happy with the shots. But at the same time, they do the same thing. They play the same role. I'm not sure how that works. I think he would be better suited with a Jalen Brown. Now, what I'm going to tell you is that as Al Horford ages, they need a third guy. They don't have the third guy. They, that has to be something that works, right? I don't think that that's how it works. We look at these, you know, it, it, it's, it's tricky because Kevin Durant hasn't won a championship on his own. And that's not really an insult. You know, I feel like the only guy who's really been able to do it like that is Kawhi Leonard. No, well, you know, he had Chris Middleton and he had Drew Holiday. But, uh, but, you know, he was, you know, you always have that one, you know, guy that, that's leading the pack, right? So you're right, Giannis, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, which I think that was one of the most impressive I mean, finals run. Uh, Steph you... Curry in 2016, LeBron James in 2016, yeah. right? There's always that guy who puts his foot forward. Kevin Durant hasn't proven to be that guy because he's had a guy being next to him, you know, Steph Curry. Steph Curry was always that guy, right. but now Steph he's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. You right. Say one no, no, guy. no, look, I'm not, def- I'm not defending yeah. you, but I feel like those are guys that are kind of behind the spotlight. Oh, yeah. So I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair to say, but by all means... <laughs> All-stars. So, you know, it'll be interesting, but the Nets are a disaster, and I think that pretty much speaks for itself. So, now's the next disaster. The Los Angeles Lakers. Elias? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider them too much of a head case. I just think that 
Um, they need an established big man because Anthony Davis does not like to play the five as we've seen through the past three years, and he's more of a shooter and a floor spacer and a defensive monster. And I I think he prefers to guard fours and fives because personally he he's been getting beat up in the past three years. So I think that it'd be best for him to guard fours instead of being down and dirty with guys like Joel Embiid throwing elbows and stuff like that. So I think they need a maybe I I think a guy that they should keep on their watch list is uh, Clint Capella because I feel like he's just he's a guy that just is there to do the dirty work and he's a guy who'll score he'll have more rebounds than points and that's exactly what the uh, Lakers need. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think bringing back Dwight Howard's good because he's proven like. You know, n- look, it's obvious that he's declined from, you know, when he was on the Rockets and the Hawks. But what I'll tell you is that he's kind of kept that same demeanor where he's going to give you about 8-8. Eight and eight, And, you know, you'll get that double-double occasionally. Uh, so I think he's a good guy to have as a sixth man. Uh, you know, losing Malik Munn's going to hurt, but Kendrick Nunn's still there. I think that, you know, now he's coming back. Next year you'll see him coming back very strongly. Taylor Horton Tucker's still there. They have this big youth movement going on. Uh, now Troy Brown and Lonnie Austin Walker. Reeves, too. Austin Reeves. Reeves. Austin Reeves is, is pretty good. So now uh, you have to think... And they have that guy, Suku Dumboya uh, and Gabe Wender. Right? They have a lot of pieces. It's obvious. Young guys. So, you know, you, you got to... Uh, th- oh, yeah. Wendy Grable. Yeah. I think he could be a good, like, last guy off the bench. Yeah. But you got to think to yourself. Right? You know, you're right. I think Anthony Davis is not really a guy who's going to be throwing elbows. He's kind of a high-flyer mover. LeBron James is still a top three player in this league. He needs to be at the point guard position. The answer is getting rid of Russell Westbrook. Why did they make the playoffs last year? And why did they lose? Because they were a disaster. Anthony Davis coming back from injury, it was a mess. Right This year, they had, they had a bunch of injuries. And it didn't help that Russell Westbrook uh, tanked this team. But, it get, but this is the point. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. He didn't fit with the team. And, you know, you kind of got to understand that. And I think that, you know, he needs to understand that he needs to move on. But I think he's like, oh, you know, well, I'm here. Why don't they leave? Because this is their team. LeBron James brought Anthony Davis here. LeBron James has been there a long time. You know, it's been four years. It's been a very, very long four years. And that's LeBron James' team now. He didn't want to go anywhere. And you know what? If Russell Westbrook's going to have that demeanor, fine. He's going to leave next year and go wherever Bronny gets drafted, and that's just the situation. So they need, to, they need to figure it out. I still think that they're a team of some of the greatest players that have ever played the game, but they really got to figure it out, and I think that they're going in the right direction right now. And the point is you don't want to stack at the top, and you also don't want to spread yourself too thin because we've seen teams do that before. We've seen the Lakers. We saw the Lakers do that last year too. They stacked themselves at the top, but they spread themselves too thin with old guys, and I think that they're doing the right thing that they're kind of – you know, putting building blocks to understand that, you know, sometime LeBron James isn't going to be here and it might just be Anthony Davis and Taylor Horton Tucker and we got to figure this out. I think that they're going in the right direction both for now and the future. You know, what's funny is that we've been talking for 23 minutes and we've avoided the best signing of the free agency so far. Who's that? John Wall. Oh my goodness, yes. John, John Wall. Wall. John Wall propelled the Clippers to an automatic top three if everyone stays top healthy. Top three, yeah. okay. okay. If everyone stays healthy. Think about it. John Wall uh, starting at the one, at the three, and the four. We have Kari Leonard and Paul George, some of the best scorers. And then uh, they just re-signed Zubas on a three-year deal, I believe. Right. And yes. he's a consistent center, as I said, like Capella, who doesn't need to be scoring all the points, but he'll do the dirty work uh, alongside Kari Leonard, who's a great defender, and Paul George is an uh, above average. And... 
Now with uh, John Wall, who is most likely going to be the starter, off the bench, we have Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson. Unless Reggie Jackson starts alongside, but I think he's better as a six-man. And that's fantastic because Reggie Jackson was putting up good numbers as a one last year, as their starting one. And as just a manager off the bench, the, the, the better consistency he'll have with less shot attempts and with more of a playmaking role. So I think that they're guaranteed top three along with the Warriors next season because, you know, the Warriors, on top of talking about if they can run it back or not, they'll get James Wiseman back next year. And hopefully Kaminga can develop in the offseason and get him some minutes because he's just a scoring big man. And I'm sure they'll lose Otto Porter and stuff like that. I think I think he'll want a little bigger deal than what they can afford. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because how good John Wall used to be. He was yeah. a top three point guard. He was absolutely insane. In 2016-2017, right, uh, they, they beat the, uh, Dwight Howard and the Hawks in seven games, and they lost in seven games to the Celtics in that conference finals. He could have gone up against LeBron James, and that was a damn good team. You had John Wall, you had Kelly Oubre, you had Bradley Beal, you had Marcin Gortat, and you had Otto Porter. Uh, which I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually add something to at, at, uh, the Brooklyn Nets after we finish this. But let me tell you, they had a great team and they lost in seven games. And then Dwight Howard, uh, John Wall got hurt a couple years later. But John Wall was you know so tough, and I think he really is tough. We saw it when he played for the uh, the Rockets, and you know it's obvious that he's not the number one guy anymore. But he could be a number two guy in a team. Number three. definitely if he puts or number three, of course if, if, if he puts his mind to it. Look on the on the. Uh, Clippers, he's not going to be putting up 20 points per game. But this could be a guy putting up 13, 6, and 6. No problem. He, he's so good. He's so athletic. He's so strong. And he's got, I think he's got a couple years left uh, to really do something. And I think that this is uh, the Clippers' final attempt at putting something together. Now, what I'll, put, what I'll say to this about the Brooklyn Nets could have avoided this whole situation. Elias, were you aware of this? In 2017, Otto Porter was a restricted free agent. And the Washington Wizards um, had his rights, right? Correct. And the Nets offered him a four-year, $108 million contract. Wow. And they matched it, the Wizards. So he was not worth that, right? And they barely got rid of him. But can you imagine if the, if the Nets had him now, how, how that would drastically have changed the future of the Nets? Just, just, just so you know that they matched that. What a terrible deal. That was the same year that the Knicks got Tim Hardaway. So, you know, I think that's crazy, right? And look at him now. He's so relevant. So, although he might be going back to the I mean, Warriors. I would say that now they have at least uh, Katie and Kyrie, not one year off of Otto Porter's awful deal. So, right. I wouldn't say they would have been in a better place. They would, they would have been not contending in the past couple of years because they wouldn't have been able to afford KD or Kyrie. So, they would have just been in a different place. I wouldn't say a better or worse place, just different because who knows what he could have assumed. They wouldn't have had Ben Simmons this day. Fair enough. Okay, so now the elephant in the room, the Golden State Warriors won the championship. I didn't want them to win, nor did I think they were going to win. Are they running it back? Yes or no? Uh, as I said previously, if they use uh, their parts correctly, as they had uh, uh, now they gained back James Wiseman, who will probably play his like, first NBA game. I know he's played a couple, but you know it's going to be his third year, correct? Right. And he's the top three pick, and now look at him. He's finally playing. But I think I think they'll use his presence in the in the first uh in the regular season, let me say. But in the in the in the post game, there's in the oh my god. The post postseason. I can't speak. I'll cut that out later. 
Um, in the postseason, um, Draymond Green is going to become their center power forward again. But let's see. Clay Thompson, as you saw, he came back. He he was pretty good. His his uh, shots were as good, but he didn't seem nearly as athletic as he used to be on defense and as prosperous a defender. So we'll have to see how he does this year. If we'll have more of a decline or anything, but I know the I know these guys are old. Uh, Jordan Poole's going to need an extension, and they're probably not going to get back out of Porter. They got, they lost Juan Scott Anderson. I know he barely played in the playoffs, but he's still a piece. And I know Gary Payton's a free agent, I believe, right? Yeah. So if they lose some of these guys, I think that they won't have a chance. But I, I see them making a little splash. I know Blitz is a free agent too, I believe. Mm. So we'll have to see uh, what their moves do, and then we'll talk from there. Gary Payton the second, the mitten. Um so the Golden State Warriors, I think they got very lucky because they didn't have to play LeBron James. But no, you know, in all seriousness, I don't think that they're going to run it back. I think that there was a complete fluke, and I'm I'm shocked, shocked that they won. Uh, and a lot of people say, you know, oh Steph Curry, top ten player of all time, get out of here, get out of here. There's no way. Now, regardless of if the Warriors win or not, you know, they can look in five years and say. I'm still competing in the playoffs because they're going to have, you know, if they're sm- they play their cards right, you're looking towards the future. You know, and as much as you love, you know, these guys like Draymond, Clay, you know, if you have to sacrifice them for the future, look, I, you know, it's really obvious that they value loyalty, but, you know, I think that you have to understand is that in five years, you could have Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, and Kuminga. And I think. And that, Moses Moody. And Moses Moody. Um, Who's 11th overall pick, right? R- right. So that's a point guard, a shooting guard. Uh, small forward pa- slash power forward in the center. That's four out of your five positions. Uh, and I think that you should really... Yeah, you know it's crazy that they just won the championship and they have a better future than... Right, they have a better 80, future than, than a lot of teams. 80% of the teams. Right, so you have to you have to figure, right? What are you going to value? Are you going to value you winning another championship in a few years or are you going to you know value your loyalty? And at some point you have to you know cross it over. They're not going to win next year. Yeah. If I had to... If I have to put my betting money on five teams, they wouldn't be one of those teams. They'd probably be the Lakers, the Clippers... Um, and you know, I don't, you know, I'm not really sure because I don't put Sixers, Sixers definitely, you know, Bucks. Sixers could be up there, Bucks, Bucks yeah. There. Uh, but you know, my point in mind is that I don't see the Warriors winning, and I'm gonna put it like that. And I think we can end on that confidently that the Warriors won't win next year. All right, so thanks for tuning in for the first time in a while. We'll be back very soon. We'll be back very soon. We'll think of some ideas. So thank you, and we'll see you guys next time.